0: If you dare.
4: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See
2: website for details.
1: This is Live Bet Saturday on v the sports betting network. Good morning and welcome in. It is Live Bet Saturday presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. I'm back. I'm back. Of course, you can't get rid of me that easily. Danny Burke alongside as well. Danny, what's up, buddy? I missed you last weekend.
5: I know, man. I know you know it was the start of college basketball season. I was we yeah uh, luckily forward to it. Our, <laughs> I know we had our guy Will Hill fill in, did an excellent job, so shout out to him. But uh yeah, always a little uh always a little sad when we miss you out here. But happy to have you back. We got an exciting day to look forward
1: to. Yeah, very much that's a good point. Thank you to Will, if you are watching. And if you're not, I'm still gonna thank you anyway for filling in for me last minute, last weekend after I uh was a little sick. Didn't feel really, really feel that great. I lied. Actually, I just took the weekend off. All right, we have a lot to get to. It is a fantastic day of sports. We have the Fenway Bowl that is currently underway in front of tens of people. Uh, we also have a lot going on in college basketball. Multiple top twenty-five matchups. One that's actually about to tip off in mere moments. Kansas is going to play host to Indiana, and we do have a little bit of news here to report. It does look like Jalen hood uh, the young six-foot-six combo guard for Indiana, might be getting. Back onto the floor. For those who don't know, uh, yep, he is indeed starting today, it looks like. So he has missed the last three games for Indiana. Uh, we are seeing some spots close about four and a half. But MGM looks like they're going to close about five and a half in favor of Kansas. Uh, I'm in here at late five with Kansas in this spot, Danny. is in tradition of getting us a little early morning action, right? A little sweat going on. Uh, I have this going, so we'll see if Jackson Davis on the road can make a little bit of a difference here for Indiana, which is fallen on—we won't call them hard times, but some inconsistent times. But again, Jalen Hood is going to get the start today, and it does look like he is going to return from a three-game absence. That's part of—is West there really? Wow. Oh wow. Okay, this gets a little bit more intense. Do you think West will things. weep? Will he will? <laughs> if they win, will he storm the court? Will we see West on the court all by himself if they indeed win this game?
5: I, what are the odds at for that? I mean, it's gotta be, the yes has gotta be like five to one or something like that, but hey, always fun taking a little flyer on our guy West. You know, I was gonna I was gonna be on your side, but now knowing Wes in Indiana alum right. is at the game, that changes things here, <laughs> JBT. But uh no, I'll be rooting for you here, obviously, you know, being a good co-host with you. I'll root for your bet. But I'm gonna look for maybe an in-game spot on Kansas, see if I get a better number. Cause I'm still not fully convinced on Indiana. We actually faded them. Uh Will and I last week on the show. Arizona got the dub. So probably looking to do that again against what I think is a better Kansas Jayhawk team. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I get a better number at some point.
1: That's part of a trio of games that is set to uh, start right now. Wake Forest on the road against Rutgers in the Big Ten. And then Providence will take on Seton Hall as, of course, uh, we are starting to get into a conference play with college basketball season. We also have the third place game going on in the World Cup, but uh, that's not for all the marbles. So We don't really care about that. Croatia and Morocco will give you a score update momentarily. But we begin, I I think, I want to start. A little bit here as we're kind of looking forward to what this day is going to be, Danny. It is a really big day because we have National Football League games coming up later today. We also have bowl games. We're going to have a lot of folks joining us here. Ben Brown's going to be with us coming up later in this hour. Simon Gersberg in the next. We'll talk big picture college basketball stuff and Thorne Iseram. We'll get his thoughts on the games that are going to come up later today. From a bowl game situation, I wanted to pick your brain because while we have one underway, we have quite a few coming up later, including one in our own backyard. Uh, Are you in on anything bowl-wise here today?
5: I'm not right now. I had some strong leans. There's just a lot of unknowns, of course, in bowl season in general, but especially with some of the action today. I mean, you look at that Florida game, for example, going against Oregon State, you know that Florida is on their third string quarterback right now. They had some other guys who opted out and I would want to go with Oregon State, JVT. But now that the line's been pretty inflated up to eight across the board, I just don't find it as viable as a play over the key number of seven. So, again, that's the premise of our show, right? Looking for in-game angles a lot of times. And I think this could be one of them with Oregon State. Um, you, you're you on the other side, though, is that correct?
1: Yeah, so I took nine. And for those who haven't been keeping track of this number, this actually peaked at, like, ten and a half the other day. Uh, this was getting pretty wild. And, and, look, like, every positive angle you can think of, right, is going in favor of Oregon State. Uh, You mentioned, right, the quarterback situation for Florida, all the opt-outs for the Gators, uh, the fact that Oregon State, the best ATS team in the country, we discussed on this show many times, uh, and a motivated team who really wants to come in and is likely going to really get a strong contingent of fans, uh, from what I understand, out there at the Las Vegas Bowl to support them. However, Danny, like, at some point, right, all of that is already baked into the number. And yet the market kept coming in, coming in, coming in on Oregon. And at some point, actually, I, I got to talk to Thor earlier this week uh, when I was filling in on our wonderful show that I can never remember that I filled. Is it Final Countdown? Is that what Stormy and Matt do? I think that's what it is, right? Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, yeah, on Final Countdown. And I mentioned to Thor, is like, Are, is the pendulum swinging too far in the other direction here? Like, this thing's 10 and a half. Like, I get it. Like, I think we all understand all the positives going for Oregon State. So for me, it was just a, hey, you know what? This kind of has gone too far in the other direction. Let's grab this as it continues to slide. And I got in on nine and it's down to eight. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But yeah, it's nothing like rate. It's like, it's nothing really crazy numbers play-wise or anything like that. I just felt the market was really overvaluing all the positive juju around Oregon State, if you understand my meaning.
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, at some point it kind of gets way too out of hand. And these bowl games aren't like normal games too. You know, coaches do some wacky things. They're going to be more aggressive a lot of the times and maybe call some trick plays. And when you have... A situation like Florida to where you are playing with, I mean, both teams are playing with house money in a bowl game that I don't want to say it's meaningless, but of course it's not as important as being in, you know, the college football playoff. You can kind of do whatever here and especially in that underdog role. So uh, the back door is always wide open once you get over that key number of seven. So I don't hate your position at all. And that's ultimately why I'm going to end up staying away pre-flop from this game. And a lot of time, I don't know JBT about you, but maybe this is just kind of anecdotal. But sometimes when you get these higher spreads in bowl games, I don't know. In the past, they seem like it's always it's always a little difficult to lay that much in these bowl games with these teams. Because even if they do get out to a lead, they know it's the end of the season, right? They get a little complacent. The the underdog seems to kind of come back in it and, and finds a way to cover more often than not. Again, that could be anecdotal more than I have the numbers to back it up, but it seems like more often than not, the underdogs who are catching a significant amount of points tend to cover more so.
1: A uh, update, it does look like Louisville is into the end zone. Or is it Louisville? How would I say it properly? Um, Yeah, there's like three different ways to say it. (laughs) Louisville? Is that what it is? Um, Louisville is uh, into the end zone. 10 plays, 66 yards. Extra point on the way. So they're on the verge of taking a 14-7 lead in the Fenway Bowl, where, again, tens of people have gathered to watch this contest between two college football powerhouses who are sharing the same sideline. Uh, Right now, 14-7. In-game number, 5.5 over at BetMGM with a total of 43.5. Uh, I have not. Have you been watching this at all? Uh, I've been kind of, you know, uh, on my way in. I've been keeping track of it from a score standpoint. I haven't really gotten a read on how the game has been played so far. So I wouldn't really have an in-game angle just yet as to watch these teams. I will say that there was some sharp opinion that Cincinnati uh, might be the side to back. But that is, of course, just based on hearsay people I have talked to. So if you were in on that camp, maybe now you can get in on a little bit of a bigger number than what the preflop thing was. But have you been keeping track of this this morning?
5: Only for about like the past 20 minutes. But yeah, Louisville's been looking a little bit stronger. They've dominated the ground game. Maybe not dominated, but they've been better on just 13 rush attempts. They've accumulated 83 yards, where on 19 rush attempts for Cincy, they've only gotten 24. So defensively, the Cardinals have looked like the stronger team and then obviously offensively now about 14 to seven. So uh, at this point, I mean, Louisville seems like the better team. They have a touchdown lead, not necessarily worth getting involved uh, considering they have that lead right now. Uh, trying to look for the in-game number right now. Uh, five and a half. Yeah, probably not worth it. If anything, there's, Perhaps more value with Cincy, like you said, pre-flop. Some of the sharper money may have been leading that way. Well, you can get a plus 220 on the money line with still plenty of time to go in that spot. So maybe consider that side if you think Cincy can kind of figure things out offensively.
1: That sound you hear might be small tears from Wes Reynolds. Uh, we are off to a hot start in Kansas. Uh, Jayhawks right now up 12-2 at the first timeout. 16-12 left to go in the first half. That was a timeout taken. Uh, so we'll see if Indiana can respond here. But one of five from the floor to start for the Hoosiers. They've turned the ball over three times. Biggest thing here, Danny, is uh, you got to at least generate a couple of second-chance opportunities. Not the case. Four missed shots and four rebounds for Kansas. And Kansas, of course, is a perfect four for four from the floor. So I'm going to go out of limb and say that Kansas is not going to continue to shoot like this. And they're getting runouts and getting to the free-throw line. They've already shot three free throws. So there is some regression coming early, but a hot start for the Kansas Jayhawks, who uh, right now if we're talking in-game standpoint, over at BetMGM. I've got Kansas as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 143-and-a-half. So um, not the start, because you were looking to get in cheap on Kansas, were you not?
5: Yeah, so uh, nothing We're jumping in right now. I guess if you had some you know, reservations about Indiana before the game, now may be your chance early yep. on catching nine in the hook. Uh, totals adjusted to 143 in the hook, plus 375. I'm seeing for Indiana, but yeah, I'm still gonna wait for the Jayhawks to see if Indiana comes back. And you know, if I miss it, so be it. Sometimes the best bet is not making a bet at all. But I do think Kansas is the right side, regardless of how they find a way to get it done. But as we know, and especially UJBT basketball is a game of runs, so uh, we'll see if I can get a better spot here with the Jayhawks.
1: Did you have anything before we get out of here? Because we do have a, we'll have our big game breakdowns on the National Football League contest coming up momentarily. Um, did you have anything on Gonzaga Gonzaga and Alabama uh, against one another? This is actually going to ha- go down to Birmingham, uh, so this is uh, a little bit of a home spot here for Alabama in this C.M. Newton Classic. Uh, I kind of figured Gonzaga, they've been a really overvalued team, Danny. I don't know how much you've kept track of their inability to cover numbers. They might be 8-3 and three this season, but they're 3-8 and eight against the spread. The market has been way too high on this Gonzaga team, still expecting them to be the team that they were a season ago, and it's just not the case. Uh, I think Alabama's in a pretty good position here to win this game and, of course, cover a a one-and-a-half-point spread. Did you have anything on the 10 a.m. tip or for you? What is that, noon?
5: Yeah, yeah, noon central timeout here. But uh, no, JBT, I, I didn't have anything here. I think if I were to get involved, I'd maybe look at this total and bet it over, but it has seen some Significant movement 158 now as high as 162 I know bet MGM shown 161 in the hook but a lot of other books too have now gone up to the 162 spot so uh, that would be my strongest lean to think this is going to be a higher scoring back and forth type of battle especially in a narrow spread that we're seeing with one and a half being that number so uh, again you know I'm beating the dead horse but maybe if I could get an adjusted total early on and look to jump in on the over that'll probably be my approach
1: added it to the list we're in Alabama minus one and a half in Arkansas I do, oh, I do it for you guys. do it for you guys. You know what I mean? We gotta have some something to sweat out here uh, on this show once this thing gets started. We also have an NFL game getting started at what? Eleven? We get an eleven o'clock to start, ten o'clock start, whatever. We get a lot li- ten? Oh, <laughs> come on, let's go. All right, we'll take our break here. When we come back, let's start looking at some of these big matchups we're gonna get in the National Football League, including my guys. Elliot's got can we get a loss, Elliot? Please, can the Colts go out and just get blown out by the Vikings? This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back, folks. I want to remind everybody that it is the holiday season, and that means we have a lot of stuff for you here at VSIN. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for only 79 bucks and get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. We're having a dance? Sign up today. You'll also receive $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, and mugs, and other great gear at our online store. Only VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits and more. Deep dive betting reports. How about that? Plus our ongoing College Bowl coverage with best bets on every bowl game. Limited time offers. So sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift and get VSIN Pro access to the end of March Madness at slash subscribe. Some score updates for you as we are keeping track of some of the early morning action. Uh, We are holding steady with the score 14-7. Louisville up on top of Cincinnati in the Fenway Bowl. Cincinnati is kind of mired in their own territory pretty deep here. They've really got a good drive going on, so we'll see if they can get anything done in that regard. And uh, 18-8, Indiana trying to claw their way back into this contest. Um, They were down 12-2, so some back and forth in terms of exchanging baskets. A three-point shot hits front iron. Kansas out and running. Kansas, observationally, Danny, has been getting out in transition, either getting turnovers and running. Uh, A lot of these buckets have actually come off of turnovers as a three goes down, and it's a 21-8 lead for Kansas. So, hopefully, (laughs) funny last names on the back of jerseys. Um, Regardless, hopefully Indiana can get back in this so we can make our boy Wes's Saturday a little bit better. You know what I mean? I wanted to see this out there in person.
5: Look at you being a good sport right there. Early on, your team's up 21-8. Wes made the track, so we got to hope it's worthwhile.
1: Give give them a little bit of life. Oh, boy, (laughs) these shots are not falling, though, man. They're like front iron. Indiana does uh, not look great early on. All right, big game breakdown. Let's talk about the National Football League. We begin Indianapolis Colts taking on the Minnesota Vikings today. We get this today. Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be absolutely fantastic coming up here in just a little bit. So I'll give you the floor first here as the Vikings are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, total 47-and-a-half. What is your read? I know you are involved in this to a certain extent. Give us your breakdown of Colts-Vikings, my friend.
5: Yeah, so, man, JBT, I mean, you're a Colts guy. You gotta help kind of figure this one out for me, why the line's moving so far against Minnesota. I realize that they've been a sloppy team, and they always make it harder on themselves, but Are we really putting stock into this Indianapolis squad coached by Jeff Saturday? Yes, there's been a few bright spots. But at the end of the day, I don't want to say maybe their true colors are what the result was against the Cowboys. But that's pretty much the product you should get when you get just a random guy with no coaching experience and Jeff Saturday in the mix, and you have a quarterback in Matt Ryan who leads the league in interceptions and fumbles. Now, the Vikings offensively are 10th in the league in scoring at about 24 points per game. The Colts are second worst at just 16 points per game. Minnesota's defense is an issue, that's obvious. The last five games they've surrendered over 30 points per game, but it looks like they're getting their safety. Harrison Smith back in the mix, which is always gonna be a plus. And if there's a game where you could still have an advantage defensively because of your opponent you're facing, it's probably going to be against this cold squad with a weakened Matt Ryan. And yeah, Jonathan Taylor could have a solid game, But the Vikings' run defense actually isn't terrible. It's really their pass defense that has suffered. So, again, the addition of Harrison Smith hopefully can aid them in that regard. Um, I didn't hate the idea of laying four when we were talking about it on our uh, pro football betting podcast, JVT. You know, the Vikings play a lot better at home. They have an average winning margin of about eight points at home. I thought it was interesting that the Colts now overall they have an average losing margin of 13.4 points, but on the road, it increases to 23 points is their average losing margin. And then at home, it's actually four points. Again, I I know it matters with specific situations, but it kind of just tells you the home and road splits with these teams, and it is pretty apparent with each of them. I liked, like I said, laying four with Minnesota, but I also liked the Bills later today, and I wanted to tease them down, but I didn't necessarily find another partner for them that I was enamored with the T. So what I did instead is I did a money line parlay with Buffalo on the money line and then Minnesota on the money line. And that got me out to an even price. And you probably get even better now considering the markets going against Minnesota. But yeah, I did Vikings money line. Bill's money line came out to an even money price. Uh, the bills on a revenge game against Miami Tua's looked atrocious the last couple of games. It's a revenge spot if I didn't already just say that. But the cold weather too could be a factor for Tua and this whole Miami squad who's banged coming in off a relatively shorter week. Tua's completed just 46% of his passes over the past two games, and it gets a Chargers pass defense that, again, bottom of the barrel, really, Uh, he only had 145 passing yards. There's kind of a script out of how to limit Tua, prevent him from getting access to the middle parts of the field, force him to use his arm strength and throw outside, which he's kind of afraid to do, so that's what Brandon Staley did. Now imagine what a familiar opponent in a defensive-oriented squad can do with that. So uh, that's my action I got in terms of my parlay. I got one other prop. We'll get to that later. But uh, that's what I got with the uh, Colts-Vikings and then Bills-Dolphins game.
1: Yeah, when it comes to the, the Vikings and, and what you're talking about here with the market, look, they just the market just doesn't like Minnesota, right? I think it's it's yeah. pretty simple. You go back to last week where we saw them open up. I mean, the look-ahead line for that Lions game, I don't know if if you saw this, the look-ahead line over at Superbook and other spots that opened them, like the 10-, 12-day lines, um, had the Vikings as a three-point favorite. Right. And they yeah. even opened up as a favorite in the following Sunday. And then eventually we saw what happened, right? Swings to Detroit, closes a two and a half point favorite. They end up winning and covering that game. So I think the market, Dandy, to your point about what we're talking about with Minnesota, is the market's really low on them. Uh, I would say that I think the interesting factor in this game, because you mentioned defensively, the Minnesota Vikings defense has been very poor. It's been part of the reason why their point differential has been so bad. Uh, From a pass defense standpoint right now, they're the fifth worst defense in the National Football League in terms of EPA per play. Raiders, Bears, Lions, and Falcons, the only four worst teams than Minnesota from a defensive standpoint against the pass. But what I think is kind of interesting here, because you mentioned that, hey, you know, they're a little bit better against the run. The numbers would tell you that. However... If you go back to last week, Lions, yes, they had over 300 yards passing. They also had well over 100 yards on the ground at 4.5 yards per carry. They ran the ball at will against this Minnesota Vikings front. And I think the thing that would give me like pause, right, some trepidation in terms of the Colts ruining my season, right, and winning this game potentially or <laughs> maybe even covering, uh would be the fact that there is I think a path where Indianapolis comes in They run the ball extremely well here with Jonathan Taylor in a friendly environment, at least in terms of we're talking about conditions, right, where Matt Ryan doesn't have to do that much, and the little that he does have to do is against one of the worst secondaries in the National Football League, and thus you have... I don't know, a somewhat successful offensive day. Kind of like, go back to, we were joking about this off the air, Jeff Saturday's debut, right? The Raiders defensively are among some of the worst teams in the National Football League. So what do the Colts do? They went into that game, and they had over 400 yards of offense, seven yards per play, and they won that game against the Raiders, right? And they've looked terrible since then. This is not me advocating for the play. I'm just kind of talking through why I think the market is going in the Indianapolis Colts direction. I didn't have a play here. If it was a pick, it would unfortunately be with Indianapolis. Because the flip side of this for me, Danny, is Indy defensively still is a relatively solid team. Like they're a top half of the league team. If you're looking at a lot of metrics defensively, up front against the run, secondary is relatively solid, semi decent pass rush. Like that has not been the problem for them. And so now all of a sudden, if you're talking about a team that maybe makes Kirk Cousins and this Minnesota Vikings a little one dimensional, I don't think they're shutting down Justin Jefferson by any sense, but where they can kind of get after Cousins a little bit, bottle up Dalvin Cook. They play the game that I'm talking about offensively. I think you find yourself where, all right, the Colts are being pretty competitive. I think it's why this total is as high as it is, because I think on the surface, you're like, wow, the 47 and a half seems kind of high. But you can kind of talk yourself into the Colts having a semi-decent offensive game. I think that's where the market's coming from in that sense, You know, if, if that makes sense.
5: No, for sure. And again, I completely, I guess, understand why people don't want to lay over a field goal with Minnesota, because it seems more often than not that they're, Winning margins are coming down to about a field goal. But again, that's why at home it seems a tad bit more uh, comfortable backing Minnesota. If it's a road Mm -hmm. spot really in general with the Vikings, I don't necessarily like it. But I guess one other thing to to ponder too is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I feel like Dallas- in Minnesota kind of have similar offensive schemes, right? They implement a lot of play action. They got two solid running backs. Obviously, Dallas has a little bit better, and Dallas torched Indianapolis against, right, on Sunday night against their defense. Not saying that the Vikings are going to put up 50-plus points, but I feel like they do the play action so well does Kirk cousins and still Dalvin cook could have a good enough ground effort. I get the Colts defense is really solid, but maybe it's a, a bend don't break type of thing. The first half could be strong for the Colts. And then the Vikings can really break it open in the second half. And then like we saw in that game, Matt Ryan's going to have an inability to keep up just because he's way past his prime and has nothing to offer. And, you hope that Minnesota can make some defensive adjustments. So if you do have some of that trepidation, maybe you'll get a better number with the Vikings to go in the second half too. That could be an angle to take.
1: Uh, 23-10, Kansas up on top of Indiana, 947 left to go in the first half, and uh, Louisville. Did uh, pr- Pretty big play here. The Wasabe Fenway Bowl, right? Wasabi Fenway Bowl? Why do I say it like that? It's early in the morning. I apologize. 20-7 uh, to 7 with an extra point coming, so we'll see if Louisville can tack on to their lead there. All right, when we come back, we're not done by any stretch. We have a lot more to get to when it comes to the National Football League. We'll build more on what Danny's talking about because him and I share a sentiment when it comes to this Bills-Dolphins game. I did tease those Buffalo Bills down and added, them to, added on a team that right now is actually favored. At one point, they were the underdog, and then we'll get to some of these breakdowns of bowl games as well, including relatively solid one Jake Hinner and the Fresno State Bulldogs taking on Washington State and we also have Boise State as a very big favorite against North Texas and others don't go anywhere We've got live bet Saturday with you here on Visa the Sports Betting Network and at the bottom of the hour for a nice room Snowy Ben Brown's gonna join us we'll get his thoughts on what this Vikings and Colts matchup and others will look like this weekend in the NFL Saturday on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the gift that keeps on giving. Become a Pro Subscriber today for only seventy-nine dollars. Get access to everything we do. I'm reading the wrong thing. I apologize. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit Veasan.com. Check out the current betting splits. That's part of what you're going to get as a Veasan Pro Subscriber. If you want to know where the money and bets are moving every game, the betting splits page updated with DraftKings it's every 10 minutes. So you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and more. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits. Another way. v here to make you smarter, better year round. Check out today's splits. Every game at v Uh A quick update in this uh, Indiana and Kansas game. Not so much the score. It is 28-17. 636 left to go. Uh, but the hits keep coming for Indiana. Xavier, uh, Xavier Johnson. Their uh, second leading scorer, 10.9 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, 5.2 assists, goes down with injury and is helped off the court. So we'll see uh, if he can indeed make his way back. Uh, but Indiana, that just got Jalen hood Stefano back for this game after missing three contests, is now down one of their key players in a game in which they do trail by 11 to Kansas. So getting back into it a little bit, making some shots. Uh, they had missed about five out of six, but a couple are starting to fall. And An 11-point deficit is hardly one that you cannot overcome in basketball. All right, so with that, National Football League, before we continue our conversation about the games today, Danny, you did have a bit of breaking news. I'm going to let you present this just in case you're wrong so I'm not embarrassed. Uh, What is the breaking news coming out of the NFL? Uh,
5: Mitch Trubisky looking like he is going to be the starting quarterback or he is expected to start. Uh, against the Panthers on Sunday. So uh, if anybody was scared about what to do in this game, heck, if anybody was actually willing to get involved in this game, good for you, uh, Godspeed. But it looks like you're going to have to deal with Mitch Trubisky. So maybe that gives you more incentive to go against Pittsburgh, I don't know. You know how uh, my sentiment is, is with Trubisky as a uh, Bears fan, JVT. But that's the breaking news. So we see this spread still at three, uh, minus a buck forty-five on the money line for Carolina, plus one twenty on the buyback for Pittsburgh. Total at thirty-seven and the hook
1: he didn't get a fair shake in Chicago and you miss him because he had the opportunity to be a great bear. Is that the sentiment that I get? Oh
5: yeah, absolutely. No, it's uh, quite the opposite. Look, he deserves as much blame as uh, maybe not blame, but, uh, Matt Nagy was a train wreck. Don't get me wrong, but let's be honest. Trubisky is not a starting quarterback. That's been evident. And the worst thing about it, JBT, is the Bears fans who still will bring up Trubisky and like compare him and just say like, "Oh, he did like he'll throw one touchdown pass for Pittsburgh," and will freak out, and then they'll neglect the three interceptions that he had. It's just asinine stuff like that that still happens and just drives me crazy as a Bears fans. like he was objectively a bad quarterback, and it is not a starting quarterback. Mason Rudolph almost got the starting gig over him this week. I mean, what are we talking about here?
1: Well, I mean, Mason, I think it was because he was banged up. I don't think it was because he was playing poorly. Eh, probably a little bit bold. <laughs> Let me see. I think, so you're looking for a quarterback that would say, like, an average, like a good season of like 3,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, kind of like that, right? Like that would be a good quarterback? <laughs> yeah, sure. That would be a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. That uh, sounds when awful he, lot like the 2018 for season for when Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I think the they won 12 year, The defense led
5: the Bears into the postseason mm-hmm. that year. Trubisky was fine that year, but that's because it was Nagy's first year. And then after that, every other team in the league figured them out. They figured out the offense. They figured out Trubisky, and it was done. And the defense regress.
1: Uh, I will say, in all seriousness, this at least does give you a sense like from an NFL standpoint from this game. Like you said, if you want to get involved, more power to you. Uh, This is not something that I will be involved with personally. But I will say, Danny, that in the sense of looking at this game now, it does give you an idea because Trubisky and Rudolph are two completely different quarterbacks. Trubisky out there does add an athletic dynamic somewhat. Uh, to the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers as opposed to whatever it was going to be for, you know, Rudolph or anybody else who was going to get that start. So you adjust your handicap accordingly if you wanted to get involved. Trubisky, I think, does raise the floor a little bit of the offense just given his ability to run and stretch plays out. So that is all I'll really say about it. I'm kind of with you. I mean, look, it's not really a game changer. It's not going to change a line. But if we're talking about props and things of that nature, it does at least give you a sense of how this game might play out given the, uh, the player that's going to be at the most important position in Trubisky at quarterback. So, all right, with that, Let's move on. So I wanted to go back to the Bills and Dolphins game just because you stole a lot of my points uh, when it came to handicapping this game. So one, I'm very irritated about that. Uh, But two, uh, in all seriousness, like this is a really teasable uh, number for the Buffalo Bills. And I think one of the aspects that I wanted to bring up that you really didn't hit on and I wanted to get your thoughts on was where are you at with Miami defensively? Because I think that is the other aspect of this that is very much worth hitting on. Miami at times... Has looked relatively poor when it comes to the way that they can play defensively. Now, they're pretty much middle of the pack defensively in a lot of different metrics and categories. There's nothing that really sticks out incredibly about, hey, you know, they're really poor against this or they're really bad against this. Uh, EPA per play defensively against the pass. uh, Of course, we're approaching kind of, you know, bottom third of the NFL. So that's something to kind of watch out for here in this matchup with Buffalo. But I think if you look like, you know, the game against your Bears, the matchup against Detroit, We've had some of these shootouts where Miami, where a lot of people get enamored with, "Hey, this Dolphins offense has churned it." Yeah, sure, but they're also getting back and forth affairs with some lesser opponents, and you would think defensively that you would want to see some consistency. And I'm not entirely sure that has been there for the Miami Dolphins. So I am curious your thoughts on that specifically, because I do think with the added addition, of course, of the physicality and the running ability that Josh Allen brings to the table, the wide receiver core that this group has. I am interested to see how Miami defends Buffalo as well. We get wrapped up so much in Tua and the offense, and I think all your points are valid, but I also think we should focus on the way this Dolphins team might struggle here against this Bill's offense.
5: Oh, 100%. I mean, look, Miami's defense, if you look at the numbers, are not terrible, but I think more of an accurate reflection if you look at... DVOA they're 22nd against the pass and that's really where you kind of understand what defense they have I mean they get the benefit of what playing Houston and only surrendering 15 points I think that all came in the second half when they practically gave up all right you played a slower Cleveland offense that only put up 17 you know Chicago put up 32 that's a big indication as you alluded to. It's just Miami's defense is going to be the reason they falter in big game spots, like against San Francisco, like against the Chargers. And the difference was both of those teams could make defensive adjustments. Kyle Shanahan's crew was able to do it. Brandon Staley was able to do it. So the fact that Miami now is getting deeper into the season and you're kind of getting all the pressure on them with the first year coach and all the new coaching staff, you're going to get exposed against some more experienced squads. That's just the way it goes. And especially when you go up against more competent offenses that can match yours or at least have the talent to match it. Now, on the other side for this game, JVT, look, Buffalo's offense has had some issues. Josh Allen clearly was dealing with with some kind of injury and the weather may be impactful certainly with that snow. But if there's a game where Buffalo can bounce back, it's probably going to be against this division opponent in a revenge type of angle. So not only do I think it's going to hurt them in this game, I think it's going to hurt them for the remainder of the season and for the postseason. And honestly, you know, call me crazy, JBT, or maybe you won't, but a lot of other people will. I I think the ceiling for Miami, in my opinion, is for them to win one playoff game. I don't think they're capable of winning more than one because I think there's a lot better teams out there who are deeper and just well-built compared to them and because once you get deeper we talk about the weather situations it kind of seems nuts to say that but for two in this miami team i really think that is going to be an impact for them. so you, you really need a defense when it comes down to that and especially in the postseason and miami just does not fit the bill in those categories
1: yeah and do you, i think a lot of people will look at what you're seeing with uh like the last game for example they'll go they only lost 23 17 they gave up over 400 yards, and they gave up six trips to the red zone to the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers And, and at no
5: point, JVT, really quick, at no yeah. point was there any great look from their offense. Like Tyreek Hill had the fluke touchdown, and then the other one, he just chucked it up that any quarterback, whether first string or third string, could have tossed it up to Tyreek, the defender, tripped, and that's how you got your two touchdowns. There was nothing special.
1: Yeah, and I, I, to your point about the larger picture for Miami, too, I mean, we are also kind of – they have taken their first step down the doomsday path which is they've lost two consecutive games they have this game against the Buffalo Bills uh, even with as bad as the Packers have been that is not a walkover opponent by any stretch the rest of their schedule is super challenging like there's it is not inconceivable to, like that this team doesn't even make the playoffs Danny right, right. it's not inconceivable that this thing happens here again it would be the doomsday scenario, but they've already started down that path here with these two consecutive losses at this time of the schedule. Um, it is not the time to kind of enter this losing streak, so we'll see. But again, got to take care of business against Buffalo first, and you and I both similarly, at least, when it comes to the outcome there. I just need the Bills to win by two or more. You just need to win, uh, the Bills to win outright on top of the Minnesota Vikings as part of your parlay. By the way, the other part of my teaser, I should note, uh, I teased up the Raiders uh, when they were one-point underdogs against uh, the Patriots. And uh, that's like now to full, instead of full seven is what I got of at. Now it's, you know, talking about Raiders minus one, whatever it is. It looks like Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro could be back for this game. We'll see, you know, they're playing with me here because Darren Waller, the report is that he's set to be activated from injured reserve. It has not officially happened yet. Uh, but the Raiders are now one and a half point favorites with a total of forty-four and a half. Practiced all week, but we haven't heard the official words. Uh, They're killing you. Um, I mean, my fantasy playoff hopes might rest on the shoulders of Darren Waller. You know, so I made my pitch on local radio. I was like, Darren, if you're hearing me, just just let me know, man. Just let me know if you can actually get something in here. All right, we'll take our break. When we come back, let's talk a little college football. Uh, No, I keep thinking Thor Nystrom's coming up. What's going on with me? Ben Brown. I like Ben, too. I just, I don't know. I just keep wanting to not talk to him, I suppose. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus will join us. We'll get his thoughts on what we're going to see. This matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Indianapolis Colts. His thoughts on the Tua Bowl, I guess we'll call it, between Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins, and more as we get later into the week of NFL action. We'll come back here. It's live that Saturday on v the Sports Betting Network. Check out Point Game
3: with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on v the sports betting network. Wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place an NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if you miss one leg, you'll receive up to $25 back. Just opt into this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one-game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game, including team and player props. So go ahead, take your favorite NBA star to go under his scoring total, the home team to fail to cover, and the under in points. Opt into the promotion, then place an NBA one-game parlay wager of four legs or more, and you'll get up to 25 bucks back if you miss one leg. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is not withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. I I bring those up on purpose, by the way. I just want to let our audience know. You can bet unders on things. Just, you know just want to let them know it's it's a possibility. It's something that's out there. It's offered. All right, Danny Burke, Jonathan Von Tobel. Uh, Indiana, making it a game. We're back into this, huh? Looked like it was going to get away from them, but it is now 44-27. So the Hoosiers getting back into this thing against Kansas in the waning seconds of the first half. Let's bring in our guy, Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus. Nice enough to give us some time here today to talk a little bit about the National Football League. Ben, it's always good to talk to you. Uh, let's start with this early morning game. Have you factored in? You guys do a lot of stuff. Right. You guys got models and projections and all sort of things. Uh, Elliot, our producer, brought up a, a really great point. How much is Jeff Saturday playing on a Saturday worth to the matrix that you guys have out there?
3: Yeah. I, uh, it does seem to at least be influencing the betting market in some direction, right? <laughs> I mean, I think we opened up on the look headline minus five and a half. Uh, the, the one narrative that I can find moving in the Colts direction outside of the Vikings performance last weekend was, you know, the the, the Jeff Saturday Saturday consideration here. So uh, although I may have not handicapped it too well into my modeling predictions, uh, it's probably the reason why I'm on Vikings minus three and a half right now. I think I would make this number pretty close to where it where where, where it was on the look headline minus five and a half. Uh, I know the Vikings secondary is bad, right? But uh, I do think like Detroit last week specifically. Was kind of capable of taking advantage of that, and very much brought in, you know, a, a decent passing offensive game with with Jared Goff kind of playing at a high level, and Amon Ross, St. Brown, and everybody else kind of fitting into place for an offense that I would say is very much trending in the right direction. Now, I think that is, you know, very much a stretch or uh, you know misrepresentation of where this Indianapolis Colts team is. So minus three and a half with Harrison Smith back, uh, I think the Vikings might be might be my favorite betting play in Week 15. I know you like the Colts a little bit here. Uh, JVT, or at least, you know, in general, as far as the rooting interest. So if there's a spot that oh. I'm missing here, I, I definitely like to, I-, I definitely like to hear it from that end.
1: So Ben, my, not only myself, but our producer Elliot, we're both Colts fans. And uh, while the rooting interest is with Indianapolis in the long term, uh I very much am looking forward to them losing as many games as possible and then drafting Bryce Young. So uh, that's, that's what we're kind of g- gunning for here. So uh, Vikings blow them out. All right, let's go. That's
3: what that's what I'm on to. I do think some alt lines are, are kind of interesting. And I also think, you know, uh, the pressure situation on Matt Ryan is going to lead to, uh, I would say, a much better, uh, you know, quality performance defensively from the Vikings. So two touchdown win, you know, minus 14 or something on some alt lines. Uh, that's the spot that I do really like the Vikings here on today.
5: Yeah, Ben, I'm with you in that spot, man. I mean, I think this is just a cheap in line on Minnesota. I ended up using them actually in a parlay, and I tagged them along with Buffalo just because of, hey, if Minnesota does make it a little bit more gross than it should be, which they tend to do in several games, at least I'll have the security of just them winning it outright. But I'm with you in that regard. I think Minnesota has the advantage in that the market should not be favoring Matt Ryan with how atrocious he in this whole offense has been despite what you've seen out of Minnesota defensively. And speaking of defenses, when you're looking at this Colts defense, do you think that the Vikings can expose that with one of their new acquisitions, TJ Hawkinson? He's been getting a load of targets consistently. I mean, we know Kirk loves Jefferson, but it seems like TJ's becoming a favorite as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, his his target volume is definitely there. I also think, you know, where the Colts have actually been pretty good defensively is, you know, coverage cornerback position. You know, Stephon Gilmore doesn't really trend into, you know, the slot cornerback position, but I very much expect him to, I would say, shadow Justin Jefferson for a majority of man coverage routes. Now the Colts play, uh, you know, cover three at the second highest rate in the NFL. So even if, you know, Gilmore does line up against Justin Jefferson in a lot of those situations, he might not end up on him throughout the entire, uh, you know, route run by Justin Jefferson. But I still think that matchup uh, and also the one with Isaiah Rodgers versus Adam Thielen, uh, you know, or KJ Osborne, I do think that in some ways kind of tilts in the Colts direction. So I think Even though Hawkinson's had a really high volume of targets, I think we're only going to see that probably increase here given the matchup considerations that the Colts kind of represent in that secondary. So I like Hawkinson over his reception prop. I also think we're going to see a pretty decent chunk play from him over the middle. So him to go over 17.5 longest reception as well uh, is a spot that I very much think the Vikings are going to be successful offensively uh, in kind of moving the football. And I do think that's going to be, you know, the spot that they take advantage from a passing perspective. So TJ Hawkinson, very much the focal point. Uh, I think he breaks off a lot along when he goes over that 17.5. We uh, yardage longest prop number.
1: So three games in the NFL. One we have not hit on, on this show yet. And so we'll allow you to take the floor on this Ben. Ravens and Browns. Right now, we're talking about a spread of uh, three altered juice at a lot of spots in favor of Cleveland with a total of 38.5. Your angle here, though, um, not even from a a point spread perspective. Let's ride Baltimore out right here.
3: Yeah, I, I I expected this one to at least move back a little bit once we got the Tyler Huntley, you know, confirmation that he was playing. It actually moved, I, I would say, somewhat in the opposite direction. It was kind of sitting at this two and a half all week. Maybe that means some, you know, bigger players are kind of coming in on Cleveland. But it seems to be that everyone's kind of, you know, handicapping or expecting Deshaun Watson to finally have this, you know, quote unquote breakout game where he arrives back to where he was, uh, you know, in form from like the 2020 season. And to be honest with you. That's not really a spot that I'm interested in front running. I do think that Tyler Huntley probably isn't all that dramatic of a drop off from Lamar Jackson, at least as far as from like a point spread perspective. So uh, I very much think that this should probably be closer to a pick 'em. So I like a plus 135, you know, plus 140 price that you can find on the money line right now. Uh, I think the Ravens are good enough in the secondary right now to probably slow down, uh, you know, a, a Browns passing attack and that Browns passing, or Browns rushing attack. You know, it's very much, I would say, kind of living on name recognition alone. I think, you know, since this this last match with the Ravens in week seven, they've been essentially a league average uh, rushing unit from both like a yards per carry perspective and a PFF rushing grade perspective. So uh, I think with the Ravens getting a little bit better defensively, getting a little bit more healthy here, uh, could be a little bit of a low scoring game. But I think in the end, Uh, Tyler Huntley is going to do enough probably to win this game outright. So I like the Ravens, you know, plus 135, just not buying into, you know, Watson, I would say, kind of figuring it out uh, here so far in 2022.
5: So you mentioned Tyler Huntley, and this Browns defense certainly has not been as strong as they've been in the past. And Tyler Huntley's actually been a fairly efficient and accurate passer in these uh, past two games. Smaller sample size, but still, it looks like he's fairly reliable. Uh, do you think he could have a good passing effort? Would you consider over his passing yards prop potentially?
3: Yeah, so this one uh, you know, ranges in a, in a, from like over 171.5 passing yards up to like 178. I do think on the low end of that, he's very much capable of going over that passing yardage number. Uh, It's down basically 25 yards from where he closed at last week. Brown's kind of, like I said, very poor, I would say from a coverage perspective, 20th in PFF coverage grade as a unit. And and like you said, Tyler Huntley uh, did it last week. I think in you know uh, the five games he started last year as well, he went over this number in four or five games last year. Uh, and, and is very much I would say uh, you know pretty good from you know a, a passing perspective. He was PFF's top graded. Um, you know our most accurate passing quarterback coming out in his senior year at utah as well so very much not just this like run first oriented uh i would say quarterback and can very much i would say deliver uh you know a number of high passing volumes uh to what is you know still a little bit of a lackluster receiving unit but i think you know given how low this number has dropped i think him going over 171.5 passing yards uh, makes a lot of sense, especially if you if you maybe are fading my, you know, initial pick on this game and and do think that the Browns can potentially uh, you know, come out victorious in this matchup And the game script as well definitely influences Tyler Huntley in the right direction for that passing yardage number.
1: Ben, last sixty seconds, give us the the prop breakdown for Josh Allen and, and what you generally expect for Bills Dolphins.
3: Yeah, this one's hard. I mean, the the handicap here, obviously, depending on the weather, I do think it's a great spot for in-game. But no matter how that weather, whether it's as bad as we think or not, I think Josh Allen, over 7.5 carries. I know it's a heavy juice number, but uh, I think no matter what the weather dictates in this matchup, he's going to have a high volume of rush attempts, both from a scrambling perspective and also on some design runs. So him to go over 7.5 carries, uh, I think, is the only safe bet that I feel comfortable locking into this
1: one here uh, for Saturday night. Ben, it's always good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. Enjoy the holidays, and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thanks, man. it, man. What a nice guy, Ben Brown. I don't trust super nice people, but I tr- I trust Ben. Ben seems like a really <laughs> nice guy. Uh, we should update too. Uh, not like the biggest thing in the world, but we'll keep our eye on it uh, because we do have a lot going on in the world of college hoops right now. We're focusing a lot on Kansas-Indiana. Should note though, right now, I want to double check to see what I got this what this number is. Not on this screen. Uh, St. Francis and Miami are tied right now. And uh, that would be a little bit of an upset if Miami is going to lose this game on right to St. Francis. So we'll just see if that's going to be the case. But 37-all at the break between those two all right we'll come back we got plenty left to get to second hour on the way we get this is the first time you and i get an nfl game this season danny How huh? this thing's gonna kick off in the next like 20 uh, 15 minutes or so i don't know nfl's weird regardless we get nfl action on the other side you get a really big slate of college hoops games as well that is going to begin including another sweat between alabama and gonzaga we got a lot to get to don't go anywhere